human intelligence. We see the work of the support. We are in the middle of a spiritual war. Um, if that children in our big army are going to fit into the church, um, we're not in time for, for fighting people, we're in time for establishing this kingdom uh, in this world by inviting you to be part of it. Be part of the kingdom. Uh, there are spiritual forces that are opposed to us. When you don't wrestle with these evil spiritual forces, that's a stone offer that the community itself, you you're in the struggle because it's the community of spreading the good news and also that we do spirit. It is not easy to go out. It's too much of a What do you have to do is just put a the 46,000 people in the morning. I don't know about you, but I'm going to say, you know, growing up, I hope you will remember. So, you talk to the people I don't know. People are more different than I am. You know what I'm saying? And, well, it's not just kind of natural, but those who are there, you know, for most of us, getting out and getting out of our comfort zone, and I always get uncomfortable for us as part of our personalities and our gifts and abilities are concerned. There is a spiritual person or a group of forces and persons who will do all they can to keep us to ourselves. You know, as long as the church doesn't say anything to anybody about Jesus, that's one of the things that is, however, I think it's important for us to understand it's more about living a life of love for God and people and then you're the God who can have power and authority. Um, but we need to also understand that as we live a life of love for God and for people, uh, he builds that spiritual authority and power to deal with the opposition that comes against us. I remember this is uh, nothing to, uh, to submit me to my art 
way that we are. This is our world. We desire for good to bring damage right in the For about 2,000 years ago, God sent the planet. God is in one of us. And we are indeed. He lived and died and rose again. And as a result, He conquered the forces of evil and He began the process of restoring and recreating this world through His people. God restored it, the world, in the process of restoring the world and sending his people out to bring healing. Trusting we have to act as individuals. It looks for a moment. Certainly, God. Anybody who thinks they live in a bad world? People pick up a newspaper or something. Read the news. Turn on the radio. Turn on the TV. That world is God. We live in a world damaged by evil. And if you're a visual, we've all been damaged by evil. And the only way we can begin to be restored is by receiving Jesus. Welcome you into our lives as our Lord. That means ultimate authority. We don't have wars in the United States. The closest thing we have to it is the 300 feet in the armed forces. When the President of the United States tells anybody in the armed forces to do something, they do it. For us. What he tells us to do, we do. But without creating all our consequences, we can see more. Well, that takes some hope, Pastor Mark. So it's the consequences right there. So we do what we want to do instead of doing what God wants to do. The world becomes relationally and personally broken from damage. Our world becomes what we need. The only way we can begin to be restored is by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the ultimate authority of our life, and the one who forgives us. But once He begins to work in our life, He's not happy with us just sitting around in a holy huddle over here. He sends us out to heal people. To bring the same healing that we've experienced to people who still have it. You can't get to the place where you're bringing healing to the world until you've begun to receive his restoration. These forces of evil that brought damage into our world and continue to work to damage it will do everything they can to keep you, to keep you from being restored, to keep you from bringing healing to others. They'll do everything they can to keep the people you talk to. So you begin to be restored and receive the healing. That's 
what we're talking about when we talk about the spiritual concept. How the spiritual authority of power that people who are living holy lives. Holy living is only possible if you stay close to Jesus. It is recognizing who he is. You stay home and have holy living. You stay holy living, you're automatically starting to get super saints. It's not a matter of being a super saint. It's a matter of being close to Jesus. The closer anybody is to Jesus, the closer anything is to Jesus, the more holy it becomes. Because he's the only one who's the only one who's the source of that holiness. So quickly, you can last week, you don't need that plan for you. The spiritual enemies have a plan for you. They are constantly working to separate you from Jesus. The enemies will fill you with dishonesty and distortion. They strive to distract you with vigilance. They will smother you with the truth and the despair. They will seize every, seize every opportunity they can to destroy you with doubt and disappointment. They will seduce you with distrust and disobedience to God. They will do anything they can to drive away from you. You can fight to close to Jesus, confessing and repenting of sins the moment you recognize it. You recognize it's something you like, but you can learn a lot of things. You can go to go, oh, I like it. I don't know really is. Because I need to figure out which word is going to be. And you're not good. It's like holding on to an anchor. I'm good. It's a big part, not the sound if you don't want to know that, you won't go out of it. Okay, that's our choice. When we recognize that something in my life that needs to change, so we either need to stop or we need to start, our choices are to hang on to it or let go of it. And to not bring family, destruction, and pain. Let me go over the restoration of the human. We call that as a constant strategy. We're just involved in making sure that victory over our enemies. Not our spiritual enemies, and we're going to continue the restoration of our lives and change with that. So, today I'm going to be talking about part of that idea of constant workers. And part of that is loving prayer for others, because it is a vital component of that constant worship. I'm going to read some about. Verses of scripture from three different books in the New Testament, three different letters. They have a theme that is together. The first one is Romans chapter 18, verse 30, where the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome and he says, Your brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Join me in my struggle by praying to God. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 7 to 18. 
the very beginning. Our prayer for all of you the battle is, and it is the battle for them in prayer, it is the battle of love, and finally, the original loving prayer for all of you to help them This was the purpose of all of these these prayer requests. And the conclusion particularly, if people come, they would stay on. Let me drop everything to Jane, stay on, stay on. There are times when the battle is so hard and so difficult. The standing is the last thing on our minds. Turning money, turning like a little ball. Those are the things that will come back to the people. And if we have to do that, people will pray for us to
victory is won when you pray for each other and for those who need to know Jesus. You need to see them. Okay, so how can we do that? Well, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. Thank you for being suggested to you. You know, praise the Lord. You know the power of what we pray. The first thing is that we pray because of Jesus' sacrifice. We preach death on the cross. It's the blood that He shed and given up His life for us. And His resurrection. His resurrection to sit on the throne of heaven is absolute sovereignty and power and authority. That's what defeats the forces of evil. It's life, death, and resurrection. And we have no hope in any of our prayers unless we come to him recognizing that I'm coming because of what he did for me. And he's not really just like that. So, all I do for him doesn't really change that. He's not going to love you more because I love you. Not going to love you less. That's right. We pray because of the sacrifice. And then, the thing we do is pray with a listening ear. So, this is something that we need to ask ourselves. And I'm trying to ask what I have to tell. I ask God through the answer for us. What is Jesus trying to say right now? If I'm going to pray, I have to do it. He's coming for us right now. Huh? The power of prayer comes when we're praying according to God's will. And if you know what Jesus is praying, you know He's praying according to God's will. That's the question we have. We need to listen. What is Jesus praying for? Thirdly, we need to pray for the Holy Spirit's insight into the, our many schemes and plans. What exactly is he up to? Is this discouragement, distraction? I mean, there's all those things we're talking about. Those are all possibilities, and sometimes there are other things. Sometimes it's what I call the bliss. I don't think there's a detail of what I'm struggling with. Okay, but there's basically two things I started with. And it takes, and, and when I finally think I have victory, I go along for a few years, I start being okay, the struggle is over, and then out of nowhere, temptation comes, thought comes. And they step off the curb out here that he's not one of the buses. And he left. And he said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm quite good. Not telling you, the devil doesn't do that. Oh. You can do that. Oh, oh, I have an awful kind of thoughts, or I have a bad attitude, or you. 
Thank you for that. Go 
We pray for other people. We can pray for the Lord that He is the one who died for them. That He is the one who spirit is working in their lives. That He is the one who will never, ever, ever give up on them. Even if they give up on themselves, He will still keep on them. We need to pray for each other. Pray for each other with each other. It's nice to know the person is praying for you. I'll tell you, I've been telling you this in the 1980s. There is not the most few people talking. But they know people are there. But I always see all of this stuff. Praying for your pastors and your pastors that you sit around and pastor or something like that. I don't want you to ever stop praying for each other to the people who are going to be here. Uh, these two bars are going to be on our list. I'm going to put something on those over here. We all have a fear. My understanding was more people are scared of speaking in front of other people. Than they are of dying. One comedian said that if you ask a funeral, the guy who's giving the eulogy or sharing the story would rather be the one in the pastor than the one talking. And he had that same feeling when he talked about 10 years he said. You don't need to know the dead, I know it's true. I don't know how else to help you get over it. It's all going to be better than me. Just do it. I'm not going to be scared to take me. I'm not going to be scared to ask you to ask me to ask you to ask me. I want you to know, and you know, and I think that's the reason you're telling me about that I have to learn that the reason for the first four years to be a pastor, I was sick. Every single time. For four years. And when I pray outside the four walls of this building, if this is the only place we're praying, I, 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 
Thank you. 